Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. Okay, in this episode of the Do Divorce Right podcast, I'm delighted to be talking to Lisa Smith who from Raising Mindsets. Lisa is a teens confidence coach and has worked with teens in lots of different capacities, so we're going to hear a lot about that. Lisa, your work is so needed in the world, especially right now with, you know, teens going through so much and having experiences that we couldn't even imagine from our our time as teenagers. Um, I'd love to, like, I'd love for you to share with our listeners, how did you come about doing what you're doing now? What were you doing previously? How did you get into this? Well, well, firstly, thank you, Becca. And you, you're doing fantastic in your role as well. I'm very fascinated and um, following you on all different platforms. <laughs> but basically, I, when I was in my 20s, I was um, a police officer in the WA police. I've then, um, whilst in the police, obviously you could imagine dealing with a lot of teens within there, but then I become a specialist child interviewer. So as a specialist child interview, unfortunately, I had to interview children and teens on sexual assaults, um, serious physical assaults and so forth. So I learned a little bit back then how these teens didn't have the correct education, didn't have the communication from um, people close to them on their values and so forth. So this started in my 20s and realising this. Um, I that must have been, it must have been traumatic to be witnessing that at such a young age for yourself, but to yeah. witness their own trauma, how awful. Yeah, so in, when you're in the police, you very much try to separate like work from home, but sometimes it's very difficult. And that's why I left that section because I thought I I just can't deal with this anymore. Like the things I've heard and seen, I thought there's like I'll never, ever repeat them because nobody needs them in their brain, that information. But from there I worked in drugs and alcohol. So that was a little, um, little bit fun and basically (laughs) I I dressed up in plain clothes in my 20s and went into pubs I was like what a dream job (laughs) 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 and I went all around um like Calberry, Shark Bay so I was traveling in my job so it was was, you got to see all of these beautiful places and you know hunt out the drugs and alcohol problems Got yes. it. <laughs> exactly. so, and you can imagine how many teams I come across then, but so much fun. Most of the teams you come across, you have a good laugh with, and you just like tip your alcohol out, and they're like, oh, okay. So you have a um, bit of a banter with them. So um, from a very early age, I was, um, yeah, I always got along with 
teens and yeah, um, yeah and that's um yeah, I knew so, I wanted to do something in that section, but I was still young myself, so I didn't really know. So from there, um, I left the police um, because of the justice system. I just, um, after what I've seen, what I saw, and I thought, no, I'm just going to take a break and went into training and assessing, which, um, as you can tell, I love to have a chat. I could talk to a park bench. So, <laughs> so I'm happy um, to hear that, it. That worked, no, again, got paid for talking. I was like, what? These jobs are amazing. Um, <laughs> and then I started a driving school, which was... Um, Dealing with teens again. Yeah, teens yeah. again. Surrounding and yourself with teens. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And just, just the stories they would tell, it was hilarious. And I'm more of a curious person. So I'm like, oh, so what happened next? Oh, and then what happened? And so that in my, I probably shouldn't really say this loud, but with my learner driving, I was more of a mentor and a um, confidant more than a driving instructor. Yeah. We yeah. talk about how issues at school and parents and teens and how they're butting heads and so forth, and I'll give them advice. And I thought, Which is presumably is how you led into exactly yeah. what you're doing now. Exactly. How do I get paid for doing that? <laughs> It was a light bulb moment. I thought, I'm going to do more study. I was looking into um, psychology. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, too many rules around for me. So, and then I come across neurolinguistic programming, which was right up my alley. So, it's all working with the unconscious mind, positive thinking, um, a little bit of timeline therapy and hypnosis, which people are um, like, oh, could you hypnotize me? I'll make sure you're in a safe area. But yeah, so now um, I'm doing my diploma in neurolinguistic programming and working as a teen confidence coach and absolutely loving it. That's incredible. Look, I'm sure that we, I'm sure that you meet with a lot of children from separated families. And obviously, that's part of what I wanted to talk to you about on this podcast because there are so many. <laughs> so many parents really concerned that you know separation is going to have such a big negative impact on their children how can they do the right things so we'll, we'll talk a bit more about what you've um what advice you would give for people parenting teens but before that I'd love to ask you about some of um the best practices um on building teen confidence so let's forget about what kind of homes they're from, but what, what are some of the best practice parenting techniques that you would pass along? There's three main ones which mm -hmm. I very much concentrate on. Um, communication is my utmost This, If you do this well, your teen or any child of any age will grow up knowing the correct information, knowing resilience, confidence, and basically just learning skills when they're in a difficult situation so they're not always having to run back to an adult or a like another person. They will be able to handle the situation calmly and with confidence. Right so there. communication, that's as a parent, we should be communicating openly with our teens. 100%. So when, when um, I, sometimes it blows people's minds when I'm like, you need to be talking to 
um, your 11, 12, 13, 14-year-olds about sex, about like all very much big issues because when we think of when we were growing up, take two to three years off that and that's where your child is. Yeah. Sorry, my I think my doorbell just went off and my dog oh. barked. <laughs> what does that be? Um I'm sure there's age appropriateness around that communication though. Yes, we should be talking to our preteens and our teens about sex, but that conversation will be quite different if it's within 18, 19 year olds. And of, and of course that's all within teens. Maybe let's just take a step back for a moment. Okay. Let's think about how can you help me articulate what is a thriving teen? Thriving teen. So our thriving teens, um, they can communicate correctly. Again, knowing their values. A teen knowing their core values is so, so important, especially the top three. So we find that teens may follow. um, If you've been... Don't get me wrong, there's teams of all different types. So there's followers, there's leaders, there's ones that like to push the boundaries and so forth. So as long as your team understands their values at that point in time. I love working in values. If anybody's listened to this podcast, my conversation with Alpha, she talks about values with money. You're talking about values with teens. I talk about women revisiting their values. Yeah. Yeah. So I live my life on values. I'm like, it didn't even occur to me. I'm sorry, I say no. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me to talk to my children about their values. I haven't gotten there yet and I work in values every day, Lisa. Thank you for that gift. I will be talking (laughs) to my 10 and 13-year-olds soon about that. Yes, I actually had the conversation this morning about that, whereas one of my son's um, friends, he um, said something um, about another friend and I said okay so what are you going to do differently next time because I'm fit that's the communication so putting them back on them getting them to answer their own question yeah and, yeah so that's very much with the communication it's not just telling them or saving them it's about getting the team to be able to answer and reflect on their own situation yeah okay so a thriving team is one that knows their values is able to articulate themselves and their needs so communicate is able to communicate yeah what else third one which i know parents are going to absolutely despise go on bring it (laughs) boundaries oh no i'm a big boundaries fan yes rules and consequences (laughs) it's probably the hardest thing that parents have to do i know this i have three children um, How old are your children, Lisa? So mine are eight, ten, and about to turn twelve. So amazing. Okay. Yeah, two boys. So you're in the thick of it with me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's uh, <laughs> I love these ages. I'm like, oh, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you should have a better idea of what's coming than the rest of us, right? Yeah, Dealing with yeah, teens exactly. all the time. That's from, I'm very proactive. I'm very proactive. But yes, yeah, so rules, consequences, and boundaries. So not just reacting. The worst thing that you could probably do is reacting in the moment. So your child does something wrong and you're like, I'm taking your phone off you. I'm doing this. So don't react in the moment. Yeah. Try to take a breath because already your children should already know what boundaries they have, what rules and responsibilities they have. 
Yeah. But if they don't know the rules and responsibilities, I'm telling you, they're going and to... the consequences. <laughs> yeah. So we spoke, so there's three areas for thriving, like the, if we were to articulate what a, a thriving teen looks like, it's one that knows their values and is able to make yes. decisions based on those. Yes. It's one that's able to communicate and articulate their needs, concerns, etc. Um, and one that has and operates within boundaries that have been set for set. them, yes. presumably by society as well as by parents. Yeah, yeah. So a thriving yeah, teen is is doing all of those things and then we were coming into the kind of suggestions for parents there's a lot of overlap here so yeah. parents need to be communicating constantly with our teens they need to not react not react, react to in the moment so if you're going to react and to say take their phone off you what do you think your children child is going to do when hide. they hide a similar situation yeah, they'll hide yeah. their behaviour. <laughs> so then it's learned behaviours. So um, trust me, again, I'm a parent. It takes me every single bit of my might to take a breath and go, okay, so what What are we going to do next from here? And get them to go, oh, I'm grounded. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot. It's gotten to the point now where our son, like they have, they have boundaries. Of course they do. And um, there's, you know, a certain amount of tech time that everybody's allowed during the day and during the week. And as parents and myself and my partner, uh, we are able to check their devices at any time. Um, and the device being, you know, no more than 30 minutes of phone time a day, unless it's communication, a phone call or a message with us. So if we look at that, we ask to look at the device, if it's more than 30 minutes, it's gotten to the point now where our son just hands the phone over, doesn't expect to see it again. <laughs> so, exactly. You knew. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't have to react anymore. You just hand it over. Yeah, <laughs> and it is. It's one of those, especially boys, it's one of those. Oh, my repeat, God. <laughs> repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah, so. It's tough. Like, so what else can we do as parents? We need to communicate well with them. We need to have good boundaries, not be too reactive. Is there anything else? Just be open, just be open. open with them. As long as long as they know that they're in a safe, like safe environment, and they know that they can discuss things with you without you reacting or jumping to conclusions or about to call another parent or something. Yeah. Um, then they're going to come with come to you with everything, and that's exactly what you need. So, yeah. And you don't want to save them. You don't want to save them every time. And remember, failure is is amazing. Like I'm always like, oh, that's awesome. Like they go, I didn't get I didn't get the test right, or when they're doing exams. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. What are you going to do next time? Oh, gosh. Okay, I need to bring some of that in. Failure <laughs> is feedback. Failure is only feedback. So when we think as adults, every time we failed, it's probably what can we us to where we are now. Absolutely, for sure. Gosh, we talk about that a lot in not necessarily in the early stages of divorce because there's a lot of blame and hurt and pain at the yes. early stages but when you're coming out the other end a few years later it's like oh thank goodness that happened look at the yeah. opportunities that have opened up look at this life I've been able to build for myself but that takes a while um yeah, and as you know I'm in a um I separated seven years ago and I raised the, my three children by myself and it's hard that and I always give people a year and then after that I'm like 
nope, let's pick our socks up. <laughs> yeah, put your bingo pants on. Let's yeah. <laughs> make some choices. Yeah. Um, so let's talk then about some teams, teams that might be struggling. Let's talk about separation specifically, right? There's when, um, you know, when, when there's a child is going from one home to two homes, um, they're seeing their parents struggle. Obviously, mums really worry that they can't, they can't hide how, how upset they are and they can't hide tears and anger and emotions. And even those that are doing the best that they possibly can and are not necessarily bad-mouthing their ex, they can't hide how upset they are. And one of the biggest concerns they bring to me is, what am I doing to my children? So do you have any suggestions then on knowing that we can't necessarily protect our children from the pain that we're going through? How do we create that safe environment so that that child, that teen can yeah. still thrive within these? Again, it's just been the open communication. Again, I've been through it. I still go through it seven years later. Mm. If I'm in a situation where I'm angry or frustrated, and like the children feel, and I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one that goes up to them and go, look, I apologise, it's got nothing to do with you, it's all about me. I said, so don't you take this on, but it shows emotions. Like why are we so afraid that emotions are going to hurt our children? It's the things that hurt our children are when we say nasty things about the other parent, when we um, don't, yeah, when it's just that constant fight. Let me just, yeah, let me say that one more time. <laughs> let me let me re-articulate that and put a big old underline on it. Emotions are okay. Emotions it's okay for okay. our children to see us having emotions. Yes. What is not okay is when we verbalise and attack or we're nasty towards their somebody they care about. Yes, the one story I can remember is one of my really good friends. She lived in a separated home and she said to me, Lisa, the what, don't you ever say anything nasty about the um, children's father because I did that. Um, I lived in a household like that and my father used to say mean things about my mother and I don't talk to him to this day. That's and I always remember. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. Like, I was like, I know we have major emotions now and we think, is this ever going to end? However, yes, things get better. Life yeah. gets better. Yeah. yeah. Or our our emotional distance gets better as yes. well. They hurt yeah. us less boundaries. over time. Boundaries. boundaries. I'm a big fan <laughs> of boundaries. <laughs> um, so let me ask you then, you know, troubling teen behaviours because there will be some and that's not always from broken homes. It can happen in a together home as well how can we differentiate between troubling teen behaviors that are normal age appropriate you know children getting distance from their parents and pushing boundaries and being difficult from gosh this is a teen that's in crisis or in trouble and I need to help them find some help it's when they are isolating themselves isolation is probably one of the biggest things which unfortunately for us we had COVID so yeah. isolation was a real thing and I'm finding teens got used to that mm. and their social anxiety is probably a lot more within the teens in the last 
one to two years, but isolating themselves, um, not allowing you, and Becca, you said it perfectly, that you're able to access the phone at any time. That's a rule for you um, when they're trying to hide things, so mm. especially social media, hide things, um, when they stop wanting to do things they love. So sport is a great yeah. example. So if they're doing football and suddenly they're like, I do not want to do that anymore. Red flag. Yes, red flag. And school. I found probably a lot of percentage of my clients are refusing to go to school. Wow. So something okay. must be happening, something must educationally, peers, teach like something underlying must be happening. In that environment. Okay. Um, what about school grades dropping off? Normal, not normal? How do we know if that's a red flag? So, Asking <laughs> for a friend. <laughs> oh, it's, a very, it's a very big red flag, no matter what you look at. But um, I've had teams that are very social and they would rather, <laughs> so they're, on the other, they're on the other end of things where they're too social and they're not studying. They're confident enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And then you have the teams where grades are slipping and bullying is occurring or online, yeah, online, verbally, and so forth. So okay. it's it is a big red flag, but you just need to really understand which area. I've got a question about like it's 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 tough parenting. It's tough parenting teens, it's tough parenting. What what are some steps you can make? We've just articulated what a thriving teen looks like. We've articulated the behaviours of best practice parenting for teenagers, really. What if we feel that we're a bit further away from that? So let's talk about communication pillars specifically. If we've gotten to a place where um, we're not talking as much as we would like, we don't have that open communication with our teen, can you give us some advice on how to create that wedge of way in? I've found, so I'm a big planner. I love to plan my week and everything's in my diary. And instead of people just winging it and going, oh, we'll, we'll do a family get together or we'll get one-on-one, like when, or maybe sometime this week, plan it. Put, put it in your diary, go, this, for this hour we're going to have a one-on-one, just us two, we're going to have a bit of fun, no technology, um, in nice. my household, we do board games, and trust me, we're all competitive, so it probably ends up in <laughs> Come on over, Lisa. We'll take you on. <laughs> at least it's that something that they're going to remember. They're like, oh, remember when we used to play board games? And you used to say, yeah. if everyone's on their <laughs> devices, what are you remembering? What are your memories? Yeah. And this okay. is what the teens are saying. They're like, oh, my parents are too busy or I try to talk to them and they say just a minute and that's okay we are busy yeah we definitely say, are Look, give me two minutes I'm just cooking dinner but at 7 30 let's go into my room and have a chat and we'll have a cup of yeah. tea like or even so, give me two days and we will go yeah. paintballing or like whatever laser tagging or yeah. bowling out whatever board gaming um I think that's really lovely carve out some time and let them know we are going to spend dedicated time together. And to be, I very particularly with my children every semester, so once every six months, and I know it doesn't sound like much, but when we are busy, I take 
each one of my children out of school for the day. I call it a mental health day. Um, so the school can't tell me off. And <laughs> we go and do we go do whatever they want to do. Wow. Okay. So because I, I was going to ask about how do we get one on one time when we have multiple siblings and you're a single parent? That's and it's that a challenge. Is how isn't I it? Do it. That's okay. how I do it because that's the only way instead of trying to handball the kids to someone else and oh, that's all that's just already stressful for me yeah. especially. Yeah. Um, so I personally take them out of school for half a day or a whole day and spend the day with them. But that's what a once treat. Every, yeah, once every six months. And I'm like, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's massive to them. My kids. Yeah. What a lovely time. thing for them to look back on. Like, mum yeah. used to sneak yeah. me out of school yeah. and go and <laughs> do this fun cream. thing. Yeah. Oh, so, that's so good. It depends. Age appropriate. Teens might just want to go and go skating at the skate park and you're like no worries I'll grab a takeaway coffee and I might even try it out myself so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice one of the pieces of advice I've given to um, women who are having a, a difficult time to connect with their children is to be facing in the same direction because sometimes you want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation okay this is I hope I hope my family doesn't listen to this. We recently found that my son had been watching a little bit of porn. Like, it, and he was like, "No, I haven't. No, I haven't. No, I haven't." It's it, perfectly normal. And and I explained to him, "I'm not upset that you looked at it. I mean, I could see on his phone behavior it was for three minutes." I said, "What I'm upset about is that you don't really know what it is you're looking at. Let's have a conversation about that. Let's just talk about porn generally, not." I get wanting to, anyway, we've gone off on a tangent. And um, if someone needs to have a difficult conversation with their child, it can be really hard to do face to face, right? You and I are looking at each other's eyes. We're having a conversation in depth. If it was you're in a really vulnerable position, or if you're not necessarily trusting that person right now, one lovely technique is to be sitting next to them and facing in the same direction. And that could be watching television and just muting it for a little while and like, you know, just at least facing in that direction. It could be going to the cinema and chatting while the ads are, are coming through. It could be on a long drive. Driving I get excellent to get the information. <laughs> excellent connections with the kids on a drive or walking the dogs. Like we'll be walking yes. the dogs and We've opened up this incredible conversation about maybe it wasn't porn, but it was something really similar. It was certainly sex related. And I'm walking the dogs thinking, oh my God, I don't want to have this right now. But they were willing to open up to me because they're not looking right at me. They're not feeling like attacked or examined. So I think that's a lovely way in. We've given some really good advice there on take the kids out, dedicated time, plan some time with them find ways to be facing in the same direction to yes. see what opens up. Anything else I might have missed? Anything else to add to that? Oh, there's too much, but we don't uh, have enough time. Just to, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking to, about specifically building we, that communication. Building that trust, muscle. yeah, and that's what um, my, I've done it right from the beginning, obviously from my past being a WA police officer doing specialist child interview. I, I knew what people weren't being educated on at, in the yeah. home and I was very much on top of that. But exactly the same when um, 11, 12-year-olds and their parents were like, oh, they were watching porn. And I, I, I unfortunately laughed because I said to my I said to my best friend, I'm like, imagine if we had technology, we would have so looked at it. Absolutely. <laughs> how, Curious how, minds. 
Yeah, and it's just basic, like, oh, porn is like a cartoon. It's not real. Like, it's exactly yeah, just conversations like that. But it yeah, is, it but, is. But just think of when we were their age, what would we have done if we had technology? <laughs> yeah, and how do we protect our children from it? We don't. We can't. We need to need to keep that communication open. Yes. We need to yep. talk to them. Yeah. Um, so just thinking again about parents separating, are there any suggestions on age-appropriate language or the kind of language to use about, you know, life's going to look different now that you offer? I don't know how many of your clients are already separated or some of them going yeah, through yeah. it or I don't know unfortunately what... this day and age it's very common for yeah, separated for... families yeah but it's just letting them know that it's not their fault the amount yeah. of teams that think oh I did this and you're like oh, that's no. heartbreaking no point was this your you were brought into this world <laughs> so just getting them to know that it's not their fault Beautiful. Um, not bad mouthing the other parent because we don't want to put more stress on them. What and not giving the child information on adult situations. Topics. They don't need to know about child support. They don't need to know about court proceedings. They don't need to know about any of that. They just need to be a team. Yeah. Child. yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um. Is there anything else that you'd add on about how we could help raise thriving teens that you don't think we've covered? Just keep them active. Just keep oh, and, and run them like happy. dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> you should see me. I'm, an, I'm out of control. I've got basketball on every night and so forth. But keeping that balance, yeah. Okay. Let them on I'm, I'm all about technology because technology is the future. I want my children to know technology, but I also want them to learn social, um, like respecting adults, being grateful for what they've got. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. just I'm very big on journaling and um, like we do a rose thorn and soil. So at Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. So at dinner time we do rose thorn and soil. So rose is what happened good in the day. Thorn is what didn't happen so well in the day, but how are we going to change that for tomorrow? Um, and soil is what are we grateful for? Beautiful. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We tend to talk about um, what's going on in the world. Has anybody seen anything in the news? And if they haven't, it's like, quick, go research a news story. And we talk <laughs> about what well, the bias of where that's come in. And all that. Yeah. so we have great conversations around the dinner, dinner table, but I love the idea of bringing in the rose thorn soil, perhaps on the dog walks or, yeah. you know, that's amazing nice what information you can get. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Okay. And um, so how can people find you and work with you, Lisa? Okay, I'm on Facebook, so Raising Mindsets, um, on Instagram, Raising Mindsets, and I'll be bringing out um, a course in January 2023 okay. and also a heap of webinars, a lot of um, bringing out some, um, like, the team confidence checklists and so forth. So if you log on to my um, socials, you'll be able to access all of that. Beautiful. And, of course, I'll have that in the, the, the links in the podcast. Okay. Lisa, thank you so much for your time. I hope that our audience has gotten a lot out of, you know, how do we raise thriving teens because it is a challenging time and I so appreciate having your advice and having this chat with you. Right. Thank you very much. 
Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.